Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcaster, Congested Jay, here to tell you about uh, patreon.com slash TV, which is a super cool place that you can get access to early episodes of all of your favorite DuckFeed podcasts. You can get uh, the chance to vote on upcoming games to cover for Watch Out for Fireballs or Adject Suffering and all sorts of cool things. Check it out again at patreon.com slash DuckFeedTV. The weird dream king at the me. The weird dream shadow. My ground bell king at the me. My ground, my ground bell shadow. My ground bell king Both of you shut up. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where me and Gary talk about Gambit Sex Life in the form of the X-Men animated series from the early 1990s. How are you today, Gary? I'm doing well. I'm doing, doing well. I'd say I'm I'm on three three point five gambits out of four. Okay, that's our new um, our new rating system. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm rocking a you know eighty five percent gambit. Um, yeah, and the uh, it, it the we had a fun little uh, Discord glitch because it just like it went like where we talk about gambit sex life. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's like it's I, no, that wasn't a glitch. Really that's just how I talk now. Every once in a while, I'm just going to stretch it out. So. <laughs> Every once in a while, we talk about gambit. <laughs> This is uh, we got a gambit light, like pool. Today. Yeah, there's not very much gambit in these bad boys. I think he gets like critically injured, and almost dies with no lines. Yep, mm-hmm. and that's it. Uh, so no more. Yeah, I don't. No there's no gambit. gambit in these three episodes that we're dealing with today. Um, yeah. and and I don't. I don't think there's any gambit in the in the next episode either. Like in the next two that we're going to be dealing with. There, so. There's a, there's a little bit of there's an alternate universe gambit who gets shot by a laser real early on. Huh? Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. I think, yeah, there, it's, it's a we're gambit free. In this first episode that we're going to cover, there's a there's a screen, or there's a there's a brief shot of where Xavier's thinking like uh, why he formed the X Men, and all of the X Men are wearing outfits that they've never worn in the show before, and so Gambit's in mm-hmm. that like wearing his like super nineties outfit. X Force, like yeah, he's dressed like his dark uniform. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. real weird. We'll, we'll get into that. It's, it's super strange. Mm-hmm. These are, these are we got some weird episodes we're covering. Uh, this session that's true uh before season we get into four, the episodes uh bonkers yeah we're 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 cruising through season four which is completely crazy uh but if you want to go ahead and send us some contact at dudes slash contact so we can read it on our feedback episode that we'll do after we finish season four so yeah yeah rapidly approaching jeremy how are you doing i'm doing good i am uh i'm gonna say four gambits out of five uh Ooh. Yeah. So, i've got a conversion chart if i'm 3.5 <laughs> out of four and you're this is a make problem it, like, make it if, very if, difficult as possible uh if, if gambit gambit answers a uh if gambit has been courting a woman online and leaves a train from westchester mm-hmm. traveling at 90 miles an hour mm-hmm. going west mm-hmm. and the woman who uh he's been chatting with leaves a train from uh chicago also going, going west 110 Fle- miles going west. Gambit. Yeah. <laughs> At what point will Gambit run in and catch up with his shit? But I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm coming down with a cold, it seems like. So, listeners, I'm sorry if uh, I'm coughing a little bit more. My throat's a little scratchy. and uh, <clears throat> Yeah, just going to have to deal with it today. Sometimes you just got to work through the pain, Gary. 
Yeah, sometimes you just gotta fuck the pain away. I you know? did not. Then, <laughs> that's not what we're. That's not. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> I, I was still. I was still a gambit. Trent like, Reznor. Jesus three, Christ. My, my, my <laughs> three, Am I in a uh, fucking Nine Inch Nails video over here? What is? What are you talking about? <laughs> the, those those three point five out of four gambits got all up in my bloodstream. There's <laughs> 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 so, uh, I'm just imagining a little close up of my cells with like all these little tiny gambits, like and like one of them's fighting a cell, and one of them's taking a cell out to dinner, and one of them's like kissing a cell's neck yep mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all these mm-hmm. little tiny gambits yeah having a little cell orgy in there is that what i'm hearing is that where the, the yeah. ultimate yeah of course yeah i uh gambit in my blood i watch a youtube channel called uh gas station garbage and it's exactly mm. what it sounds like these these two dudes and sometimes uh one of their one of them is married to a nutritionist and uh so she'll be in the back seat and uh they go to gas stations and buy garbage and they rate everything on a scale of one to ten gordon ramsay's which it's just okay extremely amusing to me sometimes like these nachos are three gordon ramsay's out of ten like they're just stale <laughs> <laughs> cracks me up well let's uh let's let's go ahead and get into uh get into this because we got sure. a lot to cover today yeah three whole episodes let's do it three episodes it's been a while um, so this episode, uh, the first episode we're covering uh, in this episode of the podcast is Xavier Remembers. Uh, and I also want to say, too, uh, this is by far the worst thing we're covering today. <laughs> yeah. so, so we're gonna we're getting the poison out we're fucking yeah. the pain away like right from the like, get-go. man just find any other way to express that i don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> the teachers of peaches are powerful man so the um so this, uh, we're getting this out of the way, and then it's all kind of uphill. So it's you know some people like it when we're ragging on stuff. Some people like it when it's just goofy. Some people like it when we really like stuff. Uh, I think today is going to be a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, some genuinely good, lots of bonkers, and then like some genuinely bad. Um, so let's get that genuinely bad out of the way. Like Xavier remembers, uh, trapped on the astral plane after suffering a concussion. Professor Xavier is at the mercy of the Shadow King uh, and in desperate need of help from his X-Men who are unable to hear him. It's like a little little slight, but I think that's more or less what happens. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, did did it feel like we missed the part where he falls down and have, has a concussion? Like, Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I even, I even like went back. I was like, did I rip this episode wrong? <laughs> like, what happened to... I, I, maybe we can chalk it up to like the weird episode order that we're dealing with. Um, just because it's, it's so... Like, the episode order of season four is so messed up from what it aired for what it was meant to be. But, yeah, that he just has a concussion. Like, there's no explanation of this whatsoever. There's a couple things like that in this uh, in this recording session, for sure. Like, there's this, and then we're introduced to a major character in, like, the third episode we're covering today, who apparently does appear on the show. It's just we we haven't seen it yet. So we're watching the intended air order, and they're still getting things out of order. Like... Get your shit together, guys. <laughs> like, um, but it, it's this weird thing. It remind it's like um, that Rick and Morty, or like any episode where like people just continuously refer back to like a beloved character that we've never seen before. Like in, in Secrets Not Long Buried, I don't want to you know get to it too soon, but it's just amazing that keep going. Like I remember Doctor Johansson; he's so great. Sure. And we, <laughs> the whole just flashbacks about this guy we've never heard of. Here we deal with all this stuff about Xavier getting a concussion. When's Xavier getting a fucking concussion? Yeah, that like, dude how, doesn't. That dude doesn't go anywhere. He, he doesn't stand. <laughs> like he's like he's not fighting supervillains, man. Like I just don't know how this happened. Like I guess you could just get this from. You know, I don't know. Like, I'm just imagining him, like, opening a medicine cabinet and hitting himself in the head or something. Or, and like, just, uh, you know, Gambit, to me. Gambit left, a, like, a, a cabinet door open and he, like, floats into it by accident. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the salt or something. To me, my axe, man. 
Oh um, uh, man, yeah, but he's he's having issues, and uh, we see like this weird portal open up above the the mansion, and uh, we go to the shot where all of the X Men are waking up because it's in the middle of the night, and all of the X Men are like wearing normal night clothes except for Cyclops, who apparently just like just stays yeah. in his uniform, <laughs> <laughs> like runs up the rear wearing his uniform. Everyone's in, in pajamas. Um, this episode is great for Cyclops. He is is so terrible. <laughs> In this Man. episode, like, he's really bad. We're going to have some primo bad Cyclops, because the last episode we're covering today is just basically Cyclops goes to the Old West to yell at people for not being yeah, good enough. <laughs> Cyclops the yelling cowboy. <laughs> that episode. It's, I'm so excited to get there. I know we keep bringing up the third episode, but it's uh, the stuff we're covering in this episode. It's my favorite by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the, you know, they're all saying that Cyclops sleeps in his uniform, and then he's like, you know, we, we, you know, we have to go outside. And Jubilee goes outside and then it's like really weird fucking delivery that i have no idea uh what is about there was a uh i was having some trouble playing these on my on my, my media streamer thingy and uh like for some reason the audio track got way out of whack so she says that uh and as i was watching it it was actually cyclops talking and i was like there's no way they made it this bad <laughs> like this not it can't be this terrible and uh yeah it, it wasn't but yeah there was there's some really awkward delivery of of just general voice lines fortunately wolverine is uniformly great uh in all oh, of yeah. these like he just continues to kill it uh, but yeah we run outside and basically everybody runs into their like worst fear so for they're wolverine nemesis, yeah. they're cyclops there's no cyclops they're saber tooth <laughs> <laughs> uh jubilee runs into a sentinel that has the head of charles xavier which is um <laughs> freudian and weird maybe we should deal with at another date yeah. uh yeah. And of course, Storm has her uh, fear of closed-in places, even if it's just like a light in the sky. And uh, guess what, Cyclops is? It's Gene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mister Sinister threatening, uh, threatening Gene. Um, so every and they're losing, mm-hmm. right? So the, the, the X Men, and then we switch back to Xavier, um, and you know this turns out to be a dream or something. Like this didn't happen. It's either a psychic illusion or a dream. Because then we go to Xavier, and Gene's trying to communicate with him and trying to wake him up, but they can't wake him up. Yeah, here. and there's a part somewhere in here. I, I actually, you know, I don't always write notes for the show, but I wrote notes for this episode because it has the Shadow King, and I knew I wouldn't remember anything <laughs> if I if, if I didn't write it down. It's just um, one index card with the word uh, "astral plane" sucks on it, unless your notes. So I write down these notes, and there's a part where like Jubilee says to Cyclops, and this could this could be getting ahead, so I apologize if it is, but it's just a, a amazing Cyclops or Ju- Jubilee or not Jubilee. Uh, Jean Grey says, um, you know, oh. You know, he's he's having he's fighting in his mind like we can't reach him. And Cyclops, like to his to to his fucking wife, is like, you mean to tell me we have to fight something we can't see? <laughs> yeah, it's right here. <laughs> like bangs against the wall. <laughs> he, uh, he like literally walks over to the wall and like, how can we fight what we can't see? But it's so bad. <laughs> it's like slams his hand. Like, it's like, that's your wife, dog. And like, you know, you know about the astral plane. You know about this. You. Yeah, <laughs> but this is yeah. The Cyclops is, is such a such a sloppy little boy, and this uh, is not good. Um, yeah, he's 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 very bratty. Um, and honestly, I'm I'm really glad that you uh, like I wrote notes to this because I would already be forgetting about this. Uh, what we see next is, is Xavier like in his like dreams meeting his mom uh, who has been dead oh, this, for a this while. This is this is very important too. Mm-hmm. Um, just because is uh, uh, Xavier's mom's accent is really hard to place. 
What what is up with that? It's it's like some kind of like every fifth word is a, is a Scottish or Irish accent. <laughs> it's it like they got like... the chick that plays Moira and we're like, please just just try to stop doing the Irish accent for just a little bit. <laughs> and just, and this, this is her trying not to. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's talking to his mom. He's like back home. His mom's there, and he's like, you know, I can't believe I'm back home. This is wonderful. Uh, you know, and and she's like, well, I have to go find my friends. I have to go find my X Men, and she's like, they're already here. <laughs> and then they look over and they're all having this pool party um, which like one uh and and i'm i've got a since i took notes that means there's a little bit of of gift work i came up with and i apologize there's at least two little gift things Ooh. one or at least a screenshot or something that shows cyclops's torso during this <laughs> okay because uh, because it's really over rendered and weird um and then um the uh the the shirt that mm-hmm. uh that maybe it's it's Cyclops's shirt and someone else's torso. Okay, but this this whole beach scene is worth it. Cyclops is wearing this like fuchsia shirt. Here, like <laughs> the fashion is really really on point during this pool party scene. Yeah, it's 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 pretty weird. Uh, I remember Wolverine like wearing like a polo shirt, like he was just out, out grilling with the boys or something. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> like got the Saints where... on TV, <laughs> Could be, but I'm but I'm still dressing up enough to be in my polo. So <laughs> Beast drops from off camera into the pool. It's just like a straight vertical line down the center of the screen, like bisects the scene um, a little bit. And like Jubilee is, is dressed up like kind of like sexy bikini like yeah. and stuff. Like it is it is weird. And this was this is like literally three minutes after they showed her in bed with like a teddy bear. Like they showed her waking yeah. up to this with a <laughs> yes, literal teddy bear. Girl. And a yeah. uh, and hanging from her ceiling, by the way, just to call this out, it was a stealth bomber, like a little stealth bomber model. <laughs> model, <laughs> excuse me. Like Jubilee, you could be into anything you want to. Like no, like I'm not shaming, girl, but like that just seems a little weird. <laughs> I, I love I love the idea of military enthusiast Jubilee, like, to, you know, med student, communications expert, teddy yeah. bear appreciator, and military enthusiast. You know, with Marvel's Jubilee current Jubilee. state, she's she's probably just going to be a like a private military industrial complex all on her own by the yeah, time like, this is over with it's probably like the like a luftwaffe like that's probably sure. from world war ii um, <laughs> yeah, given sure. current state of marvel <laughs> jubilee's a nazi now everybody just, just saying it's <laughs> a nazi vampire because yeah. uh, fuck marvel um yeah so yeah they're, they're, they're the they're x-men really are oh yeah they really are like just like in the weirdest ways possible uh yeah. making superheroes out of like private military people is just like how That's fucking so tone deaf do you have to be? Like, well, how, how much did money? It for like two hours. Like, yeah. it's, I love it when a company does something like that, and then the, the outrage makes them stop. Right. So, like, it's good that they stopped. You know, it's good that they listened as opposed to like doubling down. But mm-hmm. it just makes me think that if if the outrage was that huge after doing something like that, if they had run this idea by literally anyone, they could have avoided all of this. You know, if they just said like, "Hey, we're thinking about pairing with this private military contractor and trying to recruit kids into a." Uh, you know, like a black, you know, black, uh, uh, shadow ops kind of private paramilitary group. Like, what do you think about that? And then someone would be like, no, no, you know, like, <laughs> absolutely not. not. Joe Casada, like, no. <laughs> and then they would have been like, oh, okay, like, well, we just won't do it. Instead though, they, they go all in on the announcement, get all the paperwork done and then have to do this, like walk of shame, you know, backwards. And the and the tweet that came out to were like we're actually not doing this at twelve thirty four a.m. I thought was especially great. Like some people were assembled in the middle of the night to deal with your crazy shit, Marvel. Like come on, what, yeah, what are somebody you? Somebody got a phone call. <laughs> like several yeah. people got a phone call. I'll uh, I'll link that uh, controversy. So I'll, I'll link some like an article about that in the show notes in case anybody's curious about it. Since we're recording mm. this a little bit ahead. Um, 
Oh, good. There's a Polygon article with the art. man. The art in the stuff is bad too. Like it's just none of this is good. Oh yeah. Oof. No, it's 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 no good. So you know, immediately dating this episode, but you like I said, we can see you can see what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, um, we're we're getting into like this is the interesting part of the episode. It's almost the interesting part is almost over because uh, we're we're, <laughs> yeah. we're about to be introduced <laughs> to what the actual threat is. Yeah, Xavier. Uh, this, the whole goal of this was for him to let go. In fact, our 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 bathing suit. <laughs> Uh, X-Men are are basically saying like, hey, we fixed all the problems. Like, we don't have to live in fear anymore. Like, humans love us. Like, we're, that's why we're all mm-hmm. hanging out at the pool. Like, we have literally nothing else to do with our lives besides being X-Men uh, and basically trying to get him to just give up and float away, which he does. He just kind of floats off into this hole in space. And uh, yeah, that's... Gene, this time, is in the real world, actually manages to, like, get through just a little bit and uh, realizes that he's, like, fighting a presence. And um, sure enough, we get this, like, narrator talking to uh, Xavier, this big, deep voice, telling him that the universe will be yours. And when Gene starts talking to him, he literally doesn't ignore her. Which Ignore her! Ignore her! <laughs> I yeah. just... Man, it's just one of the best Venture Brothers jokes ever. And I was like, okay, that's that's, that's cool. And then and then we're, like, when, when her- all in the astral plane. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, the rest of it's all all astral plane all the time. When she's talking to him and her voice is getting through, she's saying, "We need you," and it just keeps repeating over and over and over with the same rhythm and cadence. It's like, "We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you." Ignore her. Like it, <laughs> it is. It's really, really good. Like it is a, a good little bit of a uh, sonic theater uh, in the middle of this. Um, as is happening, like Xavier recognizes, he's like, "Oh, like I know who's telling me to ignore Jean Grey." And we do this little flashback to him being in Egypt, where uh, he gets he gets robbed from little baby Storm, mm-hmm. um, you know, as is the origin, and uh, you know uses uses his power uh, here. Finds out this baby Storm is working for uh, uh, the Shadow King, who invites him into his tent, and he's like, "Well, if I had known you were a mutant, I wouldn't steal from you." And he's like, "You use mutants to steal, <laughs> you know?" And they're kind of just having their their little thing. And then they do a flashback to their first fight where they become kai- like space kaiju and fight. Yes. This is the uh, most bizarre thing and kind of the greatest part of the episode because once you go full space kaiju, there's no going back. Like once you do this, like having them in the weird psychic armor stuff does not work anymore. <laughs> like you should lean into this and go crazy. I, I, yeah, I'm definitely the- going to gift this because it is fucking weird. Yeah, it's not, it's not the climax of the episode either. They get lightsabers later. <laughs> the, the, I mean, uh, I'm way. I'm sorry. I'm way more into the space kaiju than I am the lightsabers. I just am. <laughs> well, the, and, and and Xavier's psychic, psychic armor. Like, I feel like this is the fourth time we've seen it mm-hmm. in the series, and like his psychic construct is so fucking dorky looking. Like, it doesn't. It's not based on any conception of armor. You know, it's like kind of half samurai looking, but not quite. Um, it's extremely, extremely dumb. Um, and it's just you know, I was I was complaining about it on Twitter, like. The shit, the thing, the problem with astral plane shit is that it only ends the same way. It only ends with gigantic glowing monsters like getting into a fight or two gigantic things shooting beams at each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it is just it, there's no uh, there's no room for. It's kind of like um, like Final Destination, no items. You know, there are no there's no scenery, there's no blocking. It's not like you can have cool shit where like you know somebody ducks behind a building and the building crumbles. Like there's no uh, there's no action. There's no like complexity of the action. It's just two gigantic psychic forces just kind of banging against each other until one of them wins, you know? So it ends up making really bland action scenes, even though this is like gigantic space dinosaurs 
which doesn't sound boring, but it's just like I just know what's going to happen is Xavier's dinosaur is going to win. You know, <laughs> Xavier's and, and maybe, dinosaur. <laughs> Xavier's dinosaur. Or, and, and maybe with Jean Grey's dinosaur's help. Sure. Yeah. You know? But like that, there's only one way it can it can end is the problem. Yeah, it's it's all of the stuff is boring. Like there's there's significant parts in this episode. Um, in fact, I think I texted you this, but like it just makes it feel so goddamn long. Like it feels like it's a 23 minute cartoon. It shouldn't take that much time to watch. But anytime Shadow King and Xavier are like going at it, it's just constantly. Like, I'm just like rolling my eyes and trying to stop from going to sleep. Yeah. It's just it's just bad. I, I barely even took any notes on it because it just they were just kind of like you know hitting one another with stuff yeah <clears throat> it's 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 not great i do want to talk about just a minute because i have it in my notes uh when xavier like meets up with young storm and he like talks in her mind at her and like to give her make and forces her to give him his wallet like do you think he was just doing that to kids in general like, like what kind of what kind <laughs> of like fucking, them up for their lunch money yeah what kind of fucking weirdo <laughs> is like psychically communicating with the children of egypt <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, it, it it's, uh, it's fucked up. And the the frustrating thing is, uh, next episode uh, the, of this show of, of Days of Future Cast, um, we we meet young Xavier. Where he explicitly says he doesn't do this. Like <laughs> yeah. it's really inconsistent. Like it's a it's a plot point that he doesn't like to do it. So it's it, his uh, his morality on on invading people's minds. Is very very inconsistent. It's fickle. Like kids are, are, I guess, totally fine. But you know, like normal professors or whatever, to- totally not cool. Who, who yeah, knows he's not going to do it to another adult to prevent tragedy, but he will do it to a kid to prevent, in, <laughs> to get prevent some, inconvenience to get some to get his ID back. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't want to stand at the DMV. <laughs> 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 I would have to change my Amazon credit card quite a bit. <laughs> I, I I love the version of this this episode of the the TV show that, that where he doesn't do this, and mm-hmm. then we just get this like ten minute aside with him at the uh, U.S. ambassador, <laughs> like trying, trying to get to his get passport home. back. <laughs> just like, mm. um, so the uh, you know the guy uh, the this kind of position Shadow King as opposed to being a crime lord is kind of being somebody who just doesn't like non mutants too. So that's kind of a, a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Xavier, the reason why he beat, uh, you know, he beat the Shadow King there, and he realized that he needs to protect the human race from people like him, and he forms the X Men, and we get this long kind of montage of early X Men. Um, and again, this is really inconsistent, right? So like, Angel is here. Um, you know, Iceman has been presented as an old X Men. Angel wasn't though. In the cartoon, like we met Warren Worthington when we met Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You know, but Angel's here in his old, like, classic X-Men uniform. Um, and, like, you know, you end up, like, with, like, classic Gambit and stuff. And then... It's really strange. Just Jubilee in her street clothes. <laughs> like, not even in an yeah. outfit. <laughs> yeah. Jubilee was just hanging out. It was just, she was just happened um, to be there. And, uh, you know, Storm has that, like, mid-90s outfit from the comic books that I don't think we've seen at all in the show so far. Yeah, the, and, black, uh, the black leather. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Wolverine has, like, his, like weird smooth cap first that I think appearance first appearance stuff like from the hulk and it's just yeah it is a mishmash of things that i just like did they just steal this panel from like a comic book somewhere yeah well, it is it is just really like it, if it, it was it would be like times crossing or something like that because <laughs> like this is the the 60s the 80s the 90s and the 70s like all put together it's very strange 
And we get that uh, same old uh, montage footage too of the like classic Silver Age X Men like all fighting each other and like the original that we've seen this like three or four times in the Danger Room now. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of they've, they've reused it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of and still this episode feels too long. <laughs> it's stuff we've seen before. Yeah, we're one tenth the way through this episode, people. <laughs> I'm, just <joking>. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. I'm just gonna put four and a half hours of silence at the end of this so people think it's a nine <laughs> yeah, hour podcast. Astral plane, astral plane silence. <laughs> going to be my uh my my audio play of xavier and Ash and the shadow king fighting in the astral plane just just a lot of just yeah. you know sound effects and weirdness so so pretty much what ends up happening what the 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 log line you know for this episode what's happening is the shadow king is trying to convince xavier um that he doesn't need the x-men that the you know all the problems are solved so he'll get rid of the x-men so he you know he'll give up and then he he will leave earth and go to the astral plane where he wants to fight him and take over his his body uh, essentially. So we're kind of in the astral realm for the most part here. We get a couple of little flashes of, uh, of real life, uh, here as Xavier is kind of in his coma. He ends up asking Jean for help. This is actually where Cyclops says, how can we fight something we can't see mm-hmm. earlier than that? He does say like, you mean to tell me like he, he does have his real jerk, uh, jerk, uh, phase. Yeah, he, he he yells at Gene a lot. It's around anytime Xavier is like incapacitated, that dude is basically just a yelling factory. Like that's all Xavier, he's doing. He's, <laughs> I prefer my dad wife to my wife wife. We spend a lot of time in the astral plane going back and forth, and uh, fortunately, you, you don't have to watch it, listeners, because we watched it for you. So we don't also have don't have to talk about it too long. Uh, this this results in Xavier waking up and very obviously being the Shadow King and. Uh, that night, like all of the X Men start having weird nightmares, which makes me think, Gary, this episode would have been ninety percent better if they had replaced the Shadow King just with Freddy Krueger, just straight up, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> just make it like Nightmare on Elm Street makes X Men like do a shitty thing, and I, I think that would be even better than this. So that would be a, a lot cooler than what happens, and and you could have done that within the confines of this this premise too. Mm-hmm. It could you have know, been the Shadow, the Shadow King, King pretending to be Freddy Krueger. That would have been the best thing, best of all possible things. <laughs> Man, it makes me wonder if there's an ultimate Shadow King and like whether he. Uh, does shit like that because Freddy Krueger is a good take for the Ultimate Shadow King. If you're going to do an Ultimate Universe version of a uh, Shadow King, I feel like I that I could. I'm just going to do like Shadow King wiki and just see how long that page is because you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to um, be eighteen thousand pages. <clears throat> now, when he's waking everyone up with their fear, I want to make special note of how Wolverine is sleeping because okay. I don't know if you noticed this, but he doesn't sleep on his bed. He's kind of like on the corner of his bed, half hanging off of it. Like, it's almost like the, um, the, the animators didn't put him like align the cells correctly. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of like, like imagine him kind of humping the corner of the bed with one knee on the floor and one leg on the bed. Yep. Is how Wolverine's sleeping. (laughs) Very, very strange. Like my notes, uh, in entirely, you know, up until this point, because you know, when I take notes, like they're pretty abstract, they're not really even useful to me. Um, (laughs) as I I have, uh, Cyclops in uniform, Jubilee outside. Cyclops is a real bench in this one. You need to tell me. <laughs> These drawings, holy shit, this accent in the past. Cyclops' torso, his shirt, dying. We need you, we need you. Kaiju fight. Oh, when when Xavier is young, I forgot about this, they just pitch shift his voice up. It's the same voice actor, but they just make it higher pitch. Oh, good. Yeah, because that's, really that's the way voices work, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, why is Angel here? Then gigantic caps letter, why does Wolverine sleep like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very weird. Uh, no, no Shadow King as as 
Freddy Krueger. Um, oh, dang. In the Ultimate Universe, he um, after Storm electrocuted him and he went to a coma, his mind went to another dimension where he encountered the Brood. So oh, I bet I well, bet that's a delightful story. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, that seems like a Robert Kirkman Ultimate X-Men number to me. <laughs> um, there's also a part when they all, they all have these nightmares, all the X-Men come out, and there's a part where like Jubilee says, like, I, you know, this dream I had, and then Wolverine walking behind her goes, this dream I had. Like, they both got the same line. <laughs> yeah. It's extremely weird, man. Like, there's weird stuff going on with the production of this episode. You're not going to believe the weird dream I just had. Man, the weird dream I just had. They were not dreams. This is also the time when um, Wolverine says that they need to give Xavier a Shadow King ectomy, which yeah. is just <laughs> one of That's the best That's really lines. good. Yeah, need to get a Shadow King. And then, but uh, it's not in your notes, but thank goodness for, for my shitty notes, is where... Um, <laughs> We're right after that. Cyclops goes, "Are you crazy? Just put him away." Um, claws <laughs> like in this real like, you know. Oh, I don't want to do that. You know, he like turns into this like weird old man. Well, I mean, uh, you know, dad wife is gone, so you know he is. Yeah, he has to be dad his own dad gone, wife, <laughs> and he, he needs he needs to do brother wife uh, Wolverine <laughs> to uh, and brother wives as like a TLC show. Yes, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> and and, and yeah. like swap brother wives is the knock is the, yeah. is, the is what's probably going on. <laughs> let's uh, let's sw- let's swap our uh, our uncle wives. Um, so yeah, uh, this is a weird thing because Xavier wakes up and is obviously the Shadow King and like tells Cyclops and Jean and Beast basically like, oh yeah, I'm to- totally torturing your other people or whatever, and they don't really seem to react to him being in the room at all. Shadow King just like mm. keeps do, just keeps talking at them and like they're like oh wow that you know that that this the sleeping wing or whatever is is under attack or something and it's just it's a really just poorly constructed episode and, and not it does not great uh and then the Jean's like oh wait I know I, I can fix this and like I guess puts herself in the astral plane to help him is that that's what a, that's what it is I think because because then we we just transition into like the endless astral plane battle between you know gigantic you know, constellation armor, Xavier and Jean Grey versus giant constellation armor, Shadow King. And we all know how it's going to end, but it goes on forever. I mean, just it's forever and ever and ever. Like I just like, like at least four minutes of time in a 23 minute show. And I just, I was suffering Carrie. I was suffering so much. You have a, you have a time note here and you say like the Shadow King ectomy line is at 14 minutes in. So it's a 22 minute episode of a cartoon, like, <laughs> and there's literally five things I wrote down after that time note. <laughs> yeah, there's eight, <laughs> yeah, there's eight minutes left, of which like at least four is just like a really really long astral plane fight. Oh man, it um, just goes on forever. Super super boring. Yeah. Like, and and of course there's only one way for it to win. You know, like they they win. Or there's only one way for it to end. They win. Um, and then they win, and then Xavier has some mealy mouth nonsense about how uh, the Shadow King and trying to take over his mind actually gave him a gift because it reminded him why he formed the X Men and why he's doing what he's doing. Like you get reminded of that every day, you know? Why aren't you reminded of that? Like when you know, uh, uh, when when the government tries to pass some kind of anti mutant legislation, why aren't you, you reminded know? of that every time you see a mutant with a slave collar on in Genosha? <laughs> like why? <laughs> Go why yourself of that by touring the slave colonies yeah go get your 10 percent off tourist to tourist discount to genosha <laughs> and then get woke xavier come on yeah <laughs> this is just boggles my Tra- mind that he's like I'll, I'll i'll have that to thank him for i'm like oh jesus dude like this no no you don't it, it sucks and 
we have no clarification as to what happens to the Shadow King when he gets defeated in the astral plane. Like, is this just something they're going to have to deal with once a month for the rest of their lives? <laughs> any, like, it, literally any time Xavier falls out of his bed or, like, slips yeah. in the bathroom, he's going <laughs> to... Yeah. Like, no wonder Logan was going to have to put this bed. dude down. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what Shadow King Ectomy is, uh, is code for. It's just, like, <laughs> literally old man Loganing uh, Xavier. Exactly. Like, this so. poor dude. Uh, it's, it's, it's not great. I... Yeah, I guess because I think this might be the last Shadow King we have to deal with, though. Oh man, that would be you that would know? be a blessing. Like we, we, we we've got like twenty something episodes left to run. I haven't looked through all of them, but yeah, hopefully this is the last Shadow King. Uh, I don't know, man. Like that's that's not a great episode. So I'm glad we we kind of got done with it quickly because the, the next two are, are way better. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's get right into them. Let's sure. uh, get in this first one here. Uh, cour- courage. Uh, courage. Courage. <laughs> that was a weird uh, disco th- Discord thing where it's a glitch where it sounded like you said that word fucking wrong. Courage. Courage. The, um, the nice thing about that too, though, is this is also where it feels like all the voice acting gets outsourced to Canada. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but from this episode and the next one, it feels like everyone has a Canadian accent to me. Hmm. Um, in uh, Courage, uh, Morph feels like he's finally ready to return to the X-Men, but his homecoming is interrupted by the return of the Sentinels, the robotic mutant hunters who nearly killed him uh, the last time he faced them. Will history repeat itself? Yeah. Time pretty, will tell. Pretty decent. I like this episode a lot because yeah. anytime they, they – this happened with Iron Man 3 as well, like it's showing Tony Stark actually suffering PTSD from the shit that he went through in the first Avengers movie. And like, you know, Morph was d- almost killed by a Sentinel – and then kidnapped and brainwashed by the worst mutant ever and his nasty boys. Yeah, he's going to have like some traumatic stress after that. <laughs> like he's going to yeah. the dude is going to be shook down a little bit and uh like this like process of coming back to the X-Men and you know not baby like he's kind of argues with Wolverine at one point of like don't baby me either I'm either I'm either I'm on the team or I'm not. And dealing with mm. his stress is actually kind of good. Like it it's it gets kind of dumb towards the end, but for the most part it's it's pretty good. Yeah, the, the thing about the um, the consequences I am I'm into too. It reminds me. Um, I was just talking about this yesterday because I was talking uh, to Cole because he had just seen Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, I just watched and, that uh, as well. So. Yeah, it does a good job of that too. It's not necessarily about PTSD, but it's like oh, a bunch of alien shit fell in the middle of New York. Like that's going to have ramifications, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm always here for the the, the side effects of. You know, guys in superpowered gods and underwear punching each other. You know, that should have consequences. Uh, consequences, like <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good like tagline for a drink. Like face the consequences. Of justice soda. Gamut cola. Ain't no consequences here, Shell. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was trying to trying to portmanteau consent and quench. Consent quenches. That doesn't sound great yeah, consent, at all. Consent to your thirst. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Gambit Cola, five aces share. Um, consent to that toast. Um, so this opens up. Uh, we're in Scotland with uh, Moira McTaggart checking out Morph, uh, who is still uh, still up to the same old joke. Um, <laughs> like she, she asks him something, and I think she says, uh, "You know, there's there's more to being a an X Man than you know just being a mutant." And like he transforms himself into. Uh, beast and is like what blue fur <laughs> and like does the voice and everything yeah. and then transforms into cyclops and i'm like this is still your joke after yeah this, all of these Moria's years not, <laughs> not going in for it though because like because there's one man this is for 
And, yeah. and we're going to get a really <laughs> delightful reunion. <laughs> like one person this is for. But Moria is, again, like a point of view character. She doesn't think this is that good. Like, no. I've seen this before. If you've been doing this for months while you recover, like, every single day I come in and you pretend to be another X-Men. It's not that cool. Please stop. Um, <laughs> please, please yeah. stop. Uh and he says, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go be an X Man." So he he gets on like the first commercial jetliner and then and flies over. Uh, and the camera looks down and he's flying over a uh, weird science lab where somewhere in the deep south because this dude has a has a voice, man. Like he's got. <laughs> yeah. We're back to uh, President Clinton making science projects and finally got another roll of eighty micron, Bill. Okay, I'll get right. To- Bill, typical eight hundred million on robots and the phones don't work. Yeah. Uh, they're making like a super strong alloy or something like that. Yeah, uh, a and, and uh, plastic as what, what Beast calls it a plastic as thin as cloth, but harder than seal. Which yes, you know, whatever. Um, yep. But you know the Sentinels break in and steal it. So yay. Yeah. Yep. Um, then we switch over to the X Men, and the X Men uh, are all running to the lab because there's been an X Men emergency. It's a Xavier uh, prank. <laughs> yeah, how irresponsible is this? How many X-Men do you think have died as a result of Xavier using the X-Men emergency like a toy? That's probably where Kitty Pride is. She probably just invisible her, or uh, just, you know, fell through she the bottom of the earth the or something. Room. She got yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she, he um, basically says like the, you know, he triggers whatever X-Men alarm is. And like the scene that we get is all of them running towards this thing of like, what's wrong? I don't know. Like they're all in casual clothes. It's really weird. They're ready to fuck shit up. And I just imagine, like, Jean Grey just turning off that part of his mind and being like, this isn't a toy, Chuck. And then just, uh, <laughs> you, you can't keep doing this. Well, if she does um, that, then she'll have to deal with the Shadow King again. That's the problem. That's no, the that's trade-off. True. Either he, the he contains the... Yeah. Either, he, either he's not a prankster and he lets the uh, Shadow King go, or... Yeah. Or, or we get this. The, um, and when they get there, it's, it's a happy, uh, you know, happy coming back party. And someone says, um, oh, it's a week early for Rogue and Gambit. Thus explaining why Rogue and Gambit are in this episode. But it also <laughs> implying like it wouldn't be unusual for them to do this big re- welcome home party for Rogue and Gambit being gone for like a week. Well, Beast actually makes a comment on that. Like, he goes over and immediately starts chowing down on, like, the, the provided food. And <laughs> I just want to point out, he does not stop eating for the rest of the scene. Like, every single scene he's in, he's eating. Um, Constantly snacking. But but it, Beast even says, he's like, and you know, even if they were coming home early, like, this seems a little overdone, Xavier. And, uh, yeah, 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 that's true. So, um, yeah. But that doesn't save Beast from being utterly insufferable. Like it's he's got so many long-winded quotes about Ozymandias written by so and so. There's a great line. Uh, I think it's in this episode. Um, it's definitely in this episode where uh, he tells he does one of his long-winded quotes. A shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that sculptor well those passions read. Ozymandias by Percy Bysshe Shelley. I'd settle for it telling us who sent it and where it came from. Don't yeah. <laughs> just give me the information. Yeah. It's really, really good. He's, he's the, <clears throat> the voice of reason. He's also uh, quoting more obscure poets, too. I can't remember the name. Of, I can't remember the poet he quotes here, but it's not, you know, a, a elementary school poet. It's like a high school level poet. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll put the, the, the I, I got it tagged. I'll put the audio in so that everybody can share in our misery to hear Hank McCoy long windedly quote stuff because it's, it's so bad. Um, uh, the important thing is, is Morph is actually coming home, and uh, you know Wolverine. Like the the slow dawning realization on Wolverine that this with is the happening smell. is so good. Like, wait, wait, 
Uh, and then Moore comes in and starts doing his shtick. And there is a scene where Morph is switching between different people and talking and they don't animate Wolverine. They just give him this look of pure delight <laughs> looking over at him and it just keeps happening. Cause, cause, uh, you know, so they get a report about that science lab. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to head out. Um, and Morph is like, Oh, like, you know, are you sure you can make it? And he's like, I can make it. And he turns into JFK and he turns into, or he turned not JFK. Uh, he turns into, why isn't JFK? Um, uh, cowboy man. John Wayne. Yeah. John Wayne. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, turns into John Wayne and stuff. And Wolverine is so fucking here for it. Like just watching him be so delighted. It's like this one thing that's been missing in his life. And I, I was thinking about it and like this little bit between Wolverine and Morph is one of my favorite things about this show, actually. Absolutely. Like that, like, yeah. you know, Wolverine is, is funny during the thing. I think he's one of the best like portrayals on this cartoon. The fact that there's like one guy who does one stupid joke that he just <laughs> loves so, so, so much is so good. And he does me. it over and over again. It's sweet. When they first run up, Morph says, uh, wow, you should see your face and turns into Wolverine. And I'm just like, God, how long and, has he been holding Wolverine, that back in the hopper? <laughs> it, it's exactly like Jean Parmesan. In, uh, <laughs> it is. It's exactly <laughs> like Jean Parmesan. I just want to like, hear, I just want to hear this voice actor just scream every time Morph pops out. <laughs> it's Wolverine. Wolverine just is big, like, <gasps> you know, oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> Look on his face every single time, man. He loves it. And it, it, it's really cute. And the fact that nobody else is really into it, like, makes it better for me. Like, I think it's more realistic that, like, oh, there's just one guy who just love, love, loves this joke. Maureen McTaggart doesn't doesn't give a shit, though. Like, everyone no. else has put up with, you know, Morph's, uh, Morph nonsense. Uh, except Wolverine, who just has unlimited appetite for this. <laughs> Which is why, uh, when Xavier gets word of this, like, science lab being broken into, uh, he Wolverine volunteers himself and Morph to go and check it out. And, uh, the antics involved in getting into this place. So this lab was broken into. Presumably, mm-hmm. like we've seen in past episodes, the the the, the army, like the, the government has worked with the X-Men. Uh, so you would think that like Xavier would make a phone call and be like, hey, this looks like some mutant shit. We're going to help you out. But no, they don't make the phone mm-hmm. call. Instead, they break into the place that was just broken into. Like old times. To investigate it's been, it. It's been a while since they broke into a government facility, but <clears throat> here we are, classic X-Men. And Morph, like, pretends, like, morphs into somebody's boss and, like, demands that they leave. But then Wolverine still has to cut the lock open and they're almost busted anyway. Like, this is just, just, like, two dudes on on some antics, right? Like, it's been a while. Let's let's go have some fun. Like, I want to see this buddy cop movie. Like, this would be a great little buddy cop movie. Like, the exact opposite of what Logan the film was. Like, I want the tonal opposite (laughs) of that. Like, the prequel where it's just uh, Logan and Caliban, like... (laughs) Running around Las Vegas, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, Just basically, I want um, I want Rain Man with Wolverine and um, uh, Morph, <laughs> and Morph yeah. is playing the role of Tom Cruise. Yeah. So yeah, pals being pals. Just just like, a bunch of just pals, and like every once in a while, Wolverine tries to profit off of Morph's abilities. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, real real cute. There's a bunch of like kind of shtick uh, between them here too, where like you know, uh, like Wolverine's like you know, be careful, Morph, or something. He's like, I don't want you to get mushy on me. And, and Wolverine's like, I don't get mushy. Uh, you know, like, and, you know, they're, again, they're just having this, this shake, but until Wolverine smells sentinels and uh, they're like, okay, well, we should probably uh, get out of here. But Morph sees a sentinel footprint and has like an anxiety attack. Like it flashes him back to the time where he died. And we didn't really talk about it, but it's not just that he died. It's like he went through years of torture from Mr. Sinister. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was it is, at it least a, a year <laughs> or a year or two yeah. before he got, he, you know, they brought him back to try to kidnap all the X-Men. And, um, 
yeah, this is this is like the part that I kind of like seeing this is probably like a realization of, oh, man, maybe I'm not actually ready. And uh, there's this moment where he's like, Wolverine, you, you knew there was going to be Sentinels. Why didn't you tell me? And Wolverine's like, ah, well, you know, didn't know if you could handle it. And that's where uh, Morph says, like, either I'm on the team or I'm not. Like, don't don't yeah. don't, don't coddle me, which don't is coddle me. which is actually pretty good. Like, I, I kind of like like this this dynamic, this thing that they're exploring with Morph. Um, so, so I'm into it. Uh Fortunately, this goes right into Xavier just like basically telling the audience what a Sentinel is for two minutes. Like, we got to catch everybody up. We don't know if you know. what the episode order is all screwed up. You may be seeing this before we actually introduce the Sentinels in episode one. Night of the Sentinels. Um, and this is where we get all of our uh, Master Mold information. So Master Mold is back somehow. He, it's creating more Sentinels, and they're stealing this thing to make a body for him. Um, it it. Do we need to gender the Master Mold? I don't know. Uh, he has a he has a uh, a man's voice. Um, speaking of voices, all of the Sentinels in this seem like they are have much less robot voices now. Like before, they were very like you know take me to your leader kind of thing, and now they're very much like a like just dudes talking with a little bit of a robot filter on it. It's kind of yeah. It almost feels like they're doing they're fainting towards them becoming more sentient or something. Oh, okay. Uh, because Ma- Master Mold can change their programming, which happens here because Master Mold says like. <laughs> You know, I need uh, Trask and, and Gyrek, you know, mm-hmm. and the Sentinel say, like, we were not programmed to, you know, apprehend humans. He says, now you are. Uh, when zaps their beams and, like, updates <laughs> and their then, firmware. And then uses, like, his IR blaster eyes to yeah. <laughs> change their channel to anti-human, too. Yeah. Oh, it's so ridiculous and great. <clears throat> yeah, so there's there's a little bit of them kind of becoming, you know, more... Um, Xavier, you know, so we, we switch back uh, to Xavier and he says like, hey, Morph, you know, don't feel bad uh, if I don't send you against the Sentinels, you know, because because you, you, you're scared by him. And of course, like during this time, Sentinels show up. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of like there's a we're, we're I'm going to skim that conversation, but like it's there's a lot of Xavier kind of being sort of condescending to <laughs> to Morph about all of this stuff and Morph also kind of pretending that he doesn't have a problem. Uh, which is mm-hmm. just a weird amount of time to spend in your Saturday morning cartoon about, you know, fiscates and I-beams. Um, yeah. But, yeah, at the end of it, Sentinels show up and are trying to kidnap Xavier uh, because he was – Xavier was k- instrumental in Master Mold's plan. Like, he needs Xavier, Pr- Trask, and um, Gyrick. Uh, yes. So, Sentinels come out. Uh, Morph freezes up. Like, he grabs Xavier's gun after Xavier gets grabbed, but he freezes up and he's unable to do anything. So, the rest of the X-Men, like, show up. Uh, Beast brings out like this bazooka cannon, and I'm like, Beast, why don't you have that on you at all times? That's dope. at all times, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Combat anytime, beast. anytime you should be eager fighting a sentinel, you should have the one shot sentinel cannon. <laughs> like, that's a great yeah. weapon to bring to that fight. <laughs> it's like in fucking uh, Pacific Rim where they don't get out the swords that one shot <laughs> you until the very end. Until the very end. That movie is dumb and overrated, and people like it too much. Uh oh, <laughs> Gary has opinions. The podcast. <laughs> Let's right. get into it. What's Rim. What's Gary going to take down next, everybody? Let's go. Yeah. First, I came for your Star Wars. <laughs> then I came for your Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim job. Um, that's definitely the actual bra on porn parody of Pacific Rim. I'm sure I that's so. happened. <laughs> I, I, I really hope so. Um, but the uh, – I mean that movie was fine. It was kind of fun. I just It bothered me that they cut out the swords at the end. It was so dumb. You know, it's like they've been struggling the entire movie and then it's just like, oh, what if we use the sword? You know? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what um, you're talking about. That movie, I yeah. mean, it's just it's a dumb idea from the beginning. Like, oh yeah, we're definitely going to use up most of the nation's output and um, build a giant robot that only works with like 
0.5% of the population to pilot it. Like, that's a, yeah, that's a, it, that's a thing. Well, actually, that is kind of what like, America is doing right now, so maybe that is realistic. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but just, like, like, while you're waiting to use the ultimate weapon in this because of dumb, like, anime reasons, like, people are dying. You know, like, when, you, when you're not using the sword, presumably people die. Like, there's actually a sense of stakes. Like, it just makes it seem, you know, unbelievable and silly to me. Anywho, I'm overthinking it. Uh, but the, the, um, so, <laughs> anywho, uh, so Beast is being annoying. They're, they're doing this fighting. Uh, Morph is upset because he froze and they got mm-hmm. Xavier. Um, so, you know, and that's, this is, that's a, that's a bummer. This is also Cyclops like yelling at everybody because Morph is, is going on and on about how he's like not, not a good person and how he froze up. Yeah. And Wolverine's like, no, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. And Cyclops like, both of you shut up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the Cyclops yells during all these episodes a lot. Dad, dad wife is gone, and I am yelling. Yeah. <laughs> dad, you're fucking with dad wife and wife wife. <laughs> um, so so Beast hacks in the central brain, gets the coordinates for for uh, Trask and Gyrick, um, and they they head off that way. We switch over to Trask and Gyrick. How fucking amazing is this this scene, man? <laughs> this is man? so good. This is so weird and good. Yeah, they're basically like, like war criminals on exile, so they're just hanging out on some yeah, still the, the house. The boys from Brazil are hanging out in, <laughs> <laughs> like, in the jungle. And our opening scene is like, I don't know which one it is, if it's Trask or Gyrick, throwing a fish down on the table in front of the other one and being like, I caught it. You clean it and cook it. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I'm a scientist, not a fish fry. <laughs> like, what yeah, are, like, what are you like, doing? For, for years, since Night of the Sentinels, these two like super scientists have been hiding out in, you know, in the middle of the jungle, uh, you know, having essentially bickering, you know, like it's, it's just been years and years of bickering between the two of them. Super good. Like I, I love uh, the adventures of Trask and Gyrick. Yeah, th- th- this is, this is great stuff. And then, um, I think we go back to, uh, the X-Mansion, this is where Beast, like, extracts the coordinates or whatever. I think this is what this happens. Like, he does some, like, investigating. For instance, well, Beast already did it. So, okay. so Beast did the Trask and Gyrick thing. And this is Morph doing it. Morph's like, you have more secrets. And he does some super science. <laughs> yeah, he just, like, hits the, the explode button, but actually finds something at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, find, finds... He's like, I have to tell Cyclops they're going to the wrong wrong place. Yeah. Um, but they're actually going to the right place because the Sentinels show up to grab Trask and Gyrick and succeed, uh, despite the X-Men kind of showing up in the middle. And the X-Men just follow the Sentinels home. <laughs> like, that was a real simple solution. Yeah. Uh, and so they the X-Men get there first, but Morse going to show up in, in a little while. Uh, the I'm pretty sure... Yeah, yeah. So at this point, Master Mold is talking to Xavier and, it's, and basically telling Xavier that he wants him to... Uh, A cybernetic link with my electronic brain will increase the unique powers of your mind a thousandfold and place them at my command. What you humans might call high irony. And I'm like, who put Hank McCoy in the Master Mold? Come on. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Take him out. He, he, he's actually got a couple like real badass lines before that where he's like, you know... For the creators, I need only their hands, you know, or something like that. He has some kind of like real dark, like, you know, he's just going to have Trask and Gyrick build him the body. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're only there because, you know, they have little, little tiny hands that can do it. So his whole thing is like by, by fusing his brain with Xavier's, he's going to, it's going to be super psychic. You know, he's, he's going to be a psychic master mold, uh, is what he's trying to do. But the, the X-Men show up to fight yep. uh, and they fight and they're, they're doing bad. They're not doing great. Um, uh, Storm gets trapped yeah. under rubble, as usually happens. Uh, Wolverine kind of gets subdued or captured, um, but like Morph shows up and just kind of, kind of wrecks shop. And well, it's 
it's and it's in a we, really weird way because like he turns himself into uh uh omega red and then like uses omega red's powers yeah that's the thing was we have to talk like talk about that because that's never been Morph's thing part of yeah. Morph's like tool set this entire time Morph should have been the leader of the x-men <laughs> <laughs> like, he he is uh so so he's easily the most powerful x-men oh yeah he can do that shit because if he can replicate into anybody's powers that's dope that's amazing like i just like he turns into omega red and at first it doesn't seem like it because at first he turns to Omega Red and he just has the tentacles. And you think, oh, maybe that's just part of his body. Mm-hmm. But then the tentacles wrap around a sentinel's feet and like lift it up and trip it. Yeah. And I'm like, man, a sentinel's fucking heavy, dog. Like if Morph gets super strength when he becomes Omega Red, like why is he ever just like the nerd that he walks around as in fights? He's, I, he's always been in the first episode in like Night of the Sentinels. Like he just was there to impersonate a guard and then he gets shot by a sentinel. And that's like the entirety of what he does. Yeah, but he doesn't do he's, any he's cool shit. Level. Yeah, now now all of yeah, a sudden he's uh, or something. What, what was what was the thing from X Men Three? He's like fifth tier or whatever. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, the, he's a level five. He's <laughs> level five. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's 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 ridiculous. He also like transforms into Angel and flies around. And like, if you can just make yourself have wings, just have wings. <laughs> like, that yeah, seems like can, a pretty easy fly. Yeah. Like what like, what can't he do? You know, <laughs> at this point, like. Uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty bonkers. I would have much preferred this, I think, if he had won the fight using, you know, overcoming his fear, like more, you know, that was the extent of it, you know, as opposed to him having this weird power that, you know, that he has that we've never actually seen before. Like, you know, what if there was, uh, you know, like, even if it was something stupid, super dumb, like he, he was near the place where he could overload master mold circuit or something like that. There was a discarded sentinel head there and it like started hallucinating to him or something like that. And he just had mm-hmm. to overcome his fear and you didn't just have to turn him into an absolute God, you know, to, to kind of deus ex machina at the end of this episode. Yeah. Which you know? is what he does. Like he, he basically destroys all of the sentinels in this room and there's like 40 of them. Uh, and yeah. then t- to the point that like master mold has to bring out its like spider legs, which is a Dude, great, like, so the, fucking the, great. It's like, it is just, it is just bonkers. Like what's happening. And this, like <laughs> this, the ending of this episode transitions so well into the next episode, which is literal nonstop nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like mutants and like just imagery, like it's, it's very good. Um, so Morph ends up stopping him, you know, like knocks, you know, hits a stalag. <laughs> stalactite or slagmite i can't remember which one ceiling one into him which is a classic sentinel destruction uh, yep. trick mm-hmm. and uh you know he's he pretty much took on all the sentinels by himself which the x-men couldn't do but still says like hey i'm not ready you know i can't stand the x-men i'm not you know i haven't done it but it is like it's a nice little character moment for morph mm-hmm. you know like th- this little arc of him like overcoming his fear even if they did have to give him like crazy plot powers to do it <laughs> I do like seriously like if you turn into Xavier could you just be psychic like that's there's no way yeah, that's psychic but tele- it's just physical power is like turn into Hulk and just like yeah. oh I'm, I'm stronger than anything on earth like hey Juggernaut you know? showed up hey Morph can you handle this yep got it <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's yep, I'm it's, also Juggernaut you know <laughs> bada just, bing <laughs> done um, this this yeah. episode is, is is pretty good though like despite the the weirdness at the end with the powers I, I actually really really dig this like it's yeah it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, Wolverine has a lot of great one-liners. The the relationship between Wolverine and Morph is something that, like you, I, I just absolutely adore. Like I think it's great. So yeah, and and it's like it actually has a character arc to it. Like this is like relatively sophisticated for an episode of X Men the animated series. Like it's dealing with the fallout from the very first episode, you know, the first two episodes, and mm-hmm. it is about you know it's about something very clearly. You know it it is about 
uh, you know, this character overcoming his fear. And it's actually like a a decent message, right? I mean, besides the, besides the get superpowers to fix your problems, which I'm not going to blame cartoons for that, but, um, you know, forcing yourself to deal with something that scares you and like having to come to it as own terms and realize that maybe you're not capable of it is actually kind of a good message to give to kids. Like, that's pretty good. Oh, totally. (laughs) Good, good on you, X-Men. Um, and, and as mentioned, uh, we move into the, the most bonkers of our trilogy here. <laughs> uh, Secrets Not Long Buried, um, which uh, Cyclops uh, heads solo to the desert town of Skull Mesa, where humans and mutants live. <laughs> so we're already like, off to the races. I can't. Off to the, the motherfucking races, man. This is like the, the hardcore version of, of where Half-Life was, which take, took place, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is where this is. You've got uh, Green Mesa. Blue Mesa, Black Mesa, and then Skull Mesa. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, at, we're at level Skull Mesa. Um, the uh, So uh, Skull Mesa, where humans and mutants live in harmony, to visit an old mentor from, from his youth. But he not only finds himself powerless when he arrives, but discovers the place under the rule of a maniacal mutant uh, with none of the citizens willing to take a stand. Um, this is uh, what happens, and it's very similar to um, Walk Tall. That, okay. uh, that that movie, like they remade it with with uh, The Rock, um, but it originally is like a, a Chuck Norris movie, I think, where he like he goes into a town and it's under the the, the purview of like a, an evil crime lord and he's like the sheriff or like any number of westerns. Yeah, this, like, this is this is a this is a western. This is a straight up western, like to the point where at one point like Cyclops goes out of town and like comes back in to confront uh, our villain whose name is Solar or Braddock, uh, like at high noon. Like it's so yeah. much, it's just missing the trappings. Like no one's dressed up in cowboy outfits or anything. And there's just a lot of mutants around, but it's just a straight up Western. And it's really fucking weird, man. Yeah. It, it, it is a, uh, a Western, um, in, except with mutant powers instead of guns, mm-hmm. you know, it is, uh, which I'm, I'm here for, right? Like I, I'm, I'm down for that. The cameos in this are really good, and just like Cyclops, like it's a weird thing where Cyclops is part of a team. It's just kind of weird to have him yelling at everybody and just kind of popping up and being useless. Him as the protagonist, I'm kind of into mm-hmm. because it's like he's just yelling at these, you know, yelling at uh, people from without. Like he's just like this real, like tough, no nonsense dude. Like I'm kind of into this. There's uh, a kind of top to bottom. Uh, it, he's such an asshole throughout all of this. He is but, so bad. Like, the, give me your Jeep line. Give <laughs> oh me a fucking God. break. Like, Dude, the first, well, well, we'll get there. But I mean, like, there's yeah. some lines in this where I'm like, has Cyclops ever met another human before? Like, I know that I've seen it. <laughs> is this an alien that's has taken over Cyclops' body, but still has like Cyclops' weird morality system in place? Like, what is, who is this? Uh, the first part, I think we need to explain like all of this business. Like they go through through a lot of exposition about this Doctor Prescott person, um, mm-hmm. who is supposedly like this super nice dude that like helped a bunch of mutant kids out. Um, that wasn't Xavier or something. Like I don't understand who this guy is. Is he from the comics? He's got to be from the comics, but I just don't know him. I, I don't. I don't know. I was trying to find stuff for a lot of the things from this episode. Uh, it's comic basis, and I couldn't. Um, I didn't do like you know hours of research, but I looked around a bit. In a cursory sense, um, this is the guy who apparently this guy does show up later is mentioned later uh, in the mm. series, but it's like they mixed up their even their intended air order. Oh, well, that makes um, sense. So th- we're going to see it like the origin episode of like with these two crystal kids that show up. With the, yeah, the two kids who make crystals. So it's like 
Tyler Prescott is like the unsung Xavier. Like Xavier wants all the credit and wants to make the X-Men. Tyler Prescott just wanted to help mutants and didn't want to make a big deal out of it. He's, he's Xavier without the trust take. fund, right? Like this is what, this is what like yeah. actually having to, uh, you know, pay your bills on time and not just throw cars at <laughs> well, problems. Which <laughs> the ending for him is to go buy a town that has a gold mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, Prescott's gold mine is a major plot point in this episode. Like, it's the, it's the only I'm, reason that this, this episode exists. Like, <laughs> the, the, the gold mine is central. It is. It is extremely strange. So, but pretty much all you need to know going into it, and it spends a lot of time on it, as you mentioned, is uh, he took care of kids, and we get these like these new mutants, right? Like these mutants I haven't seen, who look a little bit like. Um, there's a couple weird little ties to 2099. Uh, X-Men 2099 in this because the the powers these kids show with their crystal things um, there's a character named Crystal uh, in X-Men 2099 who has powers that look very similar to that hmm. and then uh, the doctor that he runs into uh, has kind of a same visual effect as a character um, in X-Men 2099 so it, it's a very strange poll like the, some of these mutants I don't think are actually from the comics I, or from the, the mainline comics I think that they're just kind of like taken over from uh borrowed from the 2099 universe essentially though what's happening the setup is cyclops is is flying his private jet to go to the to skull mesa mm-hmm. tyler tyler prescott's private town to give him a tiny little crystal statue that like every time he comes out it's sparkling and like glowing with energy <laughs> it's real weird i thought this thing was going to be like a communicator to aliens or something with the way that they, yeah. they just emphasize that this thing glowing and crystallizing and sparkling all the time it's it's real weird, uh, and it's just a, like a statue of these two kids with Prescott. Like it's just something that these these two people, these two kids, presumably made and want to give to him. And I was very worried at at, at first, right? Because it's like, oh, here's Prescott and Cyclops is coming, you know, on his way. And as I, I think I mentioned, um, this is after I uh, you know hadn't I hadn't watched these cartoons on TV, so I was just like, oh, uh, we're in for a boring Cyclops you know highlight episode. Until we cut over to Watchdog. Uh, and Watchdog looks like um, Lockheed, but with like a human body uh, from the Inhumans a little bit. Yeah, I, he's a literal dog. <laughs> like it's weird. Yeah, he, we haven't really seen like a full-on mutation like this before. I don't think like we're like unless we're in um, like the Mojo verse. But like this is just a straight-up talking dog. Like a dude, like a, a, a dog. dog. Yeah, human-dog <laughs> hybrid with a l- weird little kid voice. Yeah, you I don't know, like his. I don't voice like this is dude. Extremely strange. Um, I, I do not know, but it's like, hey, watchdog, shoot him out of the sky. And he goes, okay, captain, or, or you know, whatever his voice is uh, in this. The way he's dressed, he's got a chain around his neck and like a chain belt and like a, a Mr. T uh, style like tank top on. Like watchdog is your first signal that things are about to get fucking bonkers yeah. in this shit. It's, so he it's shoots crazy. down Cyclops' plane. Uh, Cyclops gets out just in time because, you know, plane shit is what Cyclops can do. Sure. He's been, do- um, he's been doing that since grade school, Gary. That's what, yeah, this is what he's, he's known for. Kid. He's been falling out of, out of planes. Um, parachutes out just in time, wakes up, he doesn't have his powers, and we spend the, most of the episode with him without his visor on, which is weird. Yeah, but um, he still puts his, like, sunglasses to... on. Like, he's still got his, like, ruby ruby quart shades, which I was, I was thinking was, like, that's a very good idea, because if your powers just spontaneously come back, like, you could yeah, just vaporize the person you're talking to. Um, sometimes he has them on, sometimes he doesn't. Like, it mm-hmm. is, a, is a weird thing, because we get to see his eyes a whole lot, which is just kind of odd. Um, and then he just, you know, he's going to go try to find Skull Mesa, um, and then he's going to be picked up by Daryl Tanaka. 
um, who is like this doctor with, again, like we, we're all new voice actors in this episode. Um, and, uh, Hold and on. they have I, this I kind of weird I, conversation. I don't want to get too far past this because Tanaka like drives past him and, and Cyclops is like, wait, 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 wait. And then he backs up to get to Cyclops and Cyclops jumps in without like asking permission or anything and just immediately goes, why didn't you pick me up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, Cyclops, how about a thank you for picking me up out of the desert first? That might be nice. Yeah. Um, he is, uh, he's extremely, 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 uh, rude during this entire episode, especially to Daniel Tanaka or Daryl Tanaka. Like, Daryl Tanaka does not deserve the poor treatment Darryl, he gets from Cyclops. Poor Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> He's the nicest guy in the episode to Cyclops. Literally the nicest guy in the episode. And he gets that kind of treatment. Well, the, the mechanic with the tiny, smaller mechanic in his back is as nice. <laughs> Which we'll get to. Um, but this whole thing, like Cyclops is just weirdly aggro the whole time. And like, yes, he's just been shot down, but like, presumably this doctor didn't do it. Um, so he's, uh, he's kind of going through and he finds out a little exposition about Tanaka. He's a doctor, the town doctor and coroner and stuff. He's trying to get into Skull Mesa to find, find his friend. Um, he does a little flashback, um, of when he was a kid and being at the orphanage, which is, I guess, where Dr. Prescott worked, which also feels like revisionist history because we've, had like a Cyclops orphanage flashback. Yeah, and there was no uh, Doctor Prescott there. There was that. Yeah, like, there, there was the fucking chick purple there. man. Yeah, yeah, there, 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 the lady in the purple land shows up mm-hmm. later. Um, but anywho, it's this thing where he's trying to catch a baseball and accidentally zaps it, which is real weird. Which implies there is a time in which Cyclops's uh, powers were things he could turn on and off, and that's always been part of his character. Like it is damage from the the parachuting out of the plane. Like brain damage that stopped him from, uh, you know, stopped him from being able to control his powers. But it's weird to be able to see him just kind of have his eyes out and then just zap a baseball and not kill everyone around him. You know? Yeah, th- and and this causes these bullies to run over and like try to beat him up because he's a freak. And I'm like, you guys really want to fight the guy yeah, that just, just vaporized a baseball? <laughs> How yeah. you guys are idiots! Just just do what he says. Just don't let him play yeah. baseball. <laughs> don't fight him. It, it, it's so weird. They're very mad about their baseball. And then uh, Dr. Prescott saves them. Yeah. And basically uh, just says like, you know, go hey. get another ball. <laughs> like to leave the kid alone. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally what he says. And it's like, well, yep. Hey, come on, psych. Let's go get um, some ice cream. We got to mention that because that's going to be the last moment of the episode as well. Uh, yeah. The callback. God, God, this thing is so fucking bonkers, Gary. Like we, we haven't even really gotten into it yet. Um, but no, it's, no, no, it, it's coming. This is unlike any episode of this cartoon that we've seen. Like it, in, in a couple very key ways, this conversation between um, Cyclops and Tanaka after Cyclops yells at him a little bit is, is supremely weird. It doesn't even feel like they're talking to one another. Like I don't, mm-mm. I don't even know how to describe this really. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't know either. Um, so Tanaka takes Scott to his house, you know, and and he he's you know makes him uh, makes him coffee, his old grandmother's recipe. <laughs> and like you know, is, is going to uh, kind of, and Cyclops just gets real mad and suspicious mm-hmm. immediately. Like you, you say you're the town doctor. Like I'm not going to take that, you know, take that from you. Um, and he just goes out into the town, and the town is full of like Morlocks and shit that we've seen before. You know, yeah. like, like characters we we've seen around. Like there's a bunch of mutants who live here who won't talk to him. Yeah, anytime Cyclops approaches anybody, they just like run away from him. Uh, there's like some weird green lady who's working in her garden because, of course, he's green. Um, there, there's there's 
just anybody and everybody like even like normal looking humans uh, are just running away from this dude and uh that stays that way until bill braddock aka solar shows up and um seems to Man, imply can, Go let's ahead. get to bill like can we talk about bill braddock's costume yeah sure uh, under his jacket for a second though mm-hmm. like he's a weird like under his duster you mean <laughs> under his, his he's wearing a duster he's got a tiara uh, yeah. tons of eyeshadow and he's mm-hmm. wearing like a he-man outfit like a like a weird like third tier he man figure, and he's always surrounded by Toad, like yes that Toad like the yeah. Brotherhood of Evil Mutant Mutant Toad, and a guy named Chet, and Chet <laughs> just looks like um, he's like he looks like um like a like an outback like an Australian like a Steve Irwin mm-hmm. character to me, mm-hmm. like he looks All like the kind of dude and- that is always like chewing on us on like a like a, a thing of wheat right like he's just got like a, yeah, some sort yeah. of some sort of stick thing in his mouth at all times. Always, always got a stock of wheat between his teeth. Their way they talk and their dialogue is unlike anything this show has ever done. Because it's he's, so you know, bizarre. like, yeah, Braddock is like, you know, we, you, you got to get out of here. Isn't that right, Chet? And then Chet's like, you got to get out of here. It just repeats <laughs> the things that he says. I've, I've been, I've been rewatching, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. um, to get to episodes I hadn't seen because I never watched that show. And there's an element where like, there's this weird, uh, vibe with these guys that reminded me of that like a weird mcpoyle vibe of just like one character standing behind the other one and just being like isn't that right and then it's him repeating the same thing and it goes on for a long time it is it is weird 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 dialogue this reminded me of um like a shitty david lynch like attempt right like having these weird like extremely like characters lean into like a really weird bit that just is very bizarre and like off-putting but just like go lean all the way into it to the point where you're you're uncomfortable with it, and then it gets you kind of loop back around to being normal with it again. Except this just it, does not come off as that that great. <laughs> like it's just Chet being well, weird, and it's, man, I'm I'm I love it. It's super weird. It doesn't come off as creepy. Like feeling a genuine emotion from this episode of X Men the Animated Series would be alien as hell. Like I don't think you're, <laughs> but for just it being like unlike anything the show has ever done, like I am I am so here for it. Like braddock's like voice actor is just being like really calm and menacing like works and we should also point out that like toad is definitely in his uh i am an 1800 gesture <laughs> gesture yeah <laughs> outfit so like just this surreal image of like he-man figure with a duster uh regular <laughs> regular cowboy and 1800s like jester <laughs> you know the motley fool of king solar god uh, is here Going to the grocery store in this town must be just must be a fucking treat and a half. Like, oh, dude, the people watching. Like, I we gotta move to (laughs) Skull Mesa. We gotta go to this mall. Like, I just want to hang out at a food court and just watch people buy weird shit. Yeah, (laughs) like, and and just say weird shit and be weird shit and dress like weird shit. It is uh, weird shit all all the way down. And I, I just I love this exchange because Cyclops is in some ways the weirdest of them all, and he doesn't uh, respond or act like this is unusual. He's just <laughs> here to like toss declarative statements really angrily at people. So you know he doesn't back down. He's like is, like somebody like all the other people he'd run into had been like you know we don't like strangers. Uh, Solar Braddock comes up and says like we don't like strangers. He's like is that a town motto or something? <laughs> like he's just like turned up to eleven like instantly he, he's incredibly intense and uh braddock seems to imply he's like i heard your plane got broke i can have the local mechanic get you fixed up with a rental and you can get out of here and i'm like excuse me yeah, you, <laughs> a you rental gotta go find a city doctor <laughs> yeah oh it's, yeah there's a rental the... car like he wants him to go find a city doctor because he's a big city boy 
<laughs> and like this small town medicine isn't going to be good enough for him. It's so fucking weird, Gary. Like this conversation is like this like kind of low key threat, but it's all like I don't know, man. I just this this whole conversation is so weird. Braddock is one of the weirdest characters that we've had on this show. He, like, he is so fucking strange. It's it's a, a conversation where one side is clearly threatening the other, but the the side that's doing the threatening is not very good at it, and the side that's being threatened has no fucking idea how <laughs> social cues or what body language is or anything. Like he comes home and uh, you know he finds Jean Grey like spread eagle on the bed flicking bean and he's just like well, do you want to talk like are you hungry you know he like he does he cannot read <laughs> like, i have some forms to fill for- out for our ira <laughs> <laughs> just like gene i'm gonna get us a better apr and, and she's just like oh my god <laughs> gene please the roomba is stuck fix the roomba <laughs> Like, he cannot read, you know, the, these sing- signals at all. So it's just like it's two, two one-sided conversations happening that just happen to be facing each other. Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's so weird and so so good. Uh, yeah, he basically I, I, like I love it. Demands to know where Prescott is, and uh, like Solar is basically like, well, I can tell you where he ain't. Like it's all this like weird like <laughs> non-speech, <laughs> and it's somehow or another. Uh, Cyclops decide that he's at like some farm, so he goes back to Tanaka and it's just like walks well, into this dude's house. Br- and Braddock says like where he's at. Like Braddock like says oh, where he, he lived or something. Gave him like oh, okay. one little piece. Yeah, but then he immediately like kicks in the the, the town doctor's door, um, or just opens. He definitely doesn't knock and just yells. I need your jeep and some directions now. <laughs> um. <laughs> what, like Cyclops? What are you doing? It's a st- and he gives uh, it to him. Yeah, yeah, he just takes it. And then, Tanaka, and then, stand up for yourself, man. Well, I guess that's the whole point, is that none of these townspeople are standing up for themselves, Gary. That's true. Um, uh, that, you're right. That's but before he can... Uh, I think he goes like he goes to whatever farm this is where he where Prescott was living and like finds a bunch of weird goo around. And that's where uh, Chet... We find out Chet's a mutant because he can kind of like weirdly teleport around and then also become intangible so like it's a weird group of powers that you have there uh, yeah. but the real star <laughs> yeah, of the show chet. chet uh the real star of the show is toad uh who we learned has the ability to produce like medicinal slime <laughs> to be, yeah this is such a weird thing like he just there's s- several different scenes in this episode of toad just like holding his hand out and producing slime like what there's a part two and, and, and Braddock comes in with his weird even thing is like, he says something like, that's one of Toad's many talents. He creates like a, I can't remember the word he uses. It's something, it's slime. not, it's not ketamine, but it's like, it's, it's got a medicinal property like chetamine or something. Like, it's definitely chetamine. Yeah. Oh man, if it was chetamine. <laughs> and then Chet's just like, you know, isn't that right, Chet? Yeah, it's chetamine. Chetamine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's got, he's using this slot, he's using Toad's weird medicinal slime to like keep people basically comatose in this weird cavern slash basement next to the gold mine that, or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, so then uh, Braddock is just like, yeah, we found, you know, we found uh, Prescott. We've got him locked up here. Uh, he has this gold mine. And then we do this flash cut to all our mutant cameos of mutants in this town. So this guy's come over, taken over this town, gotten all the mutants to mine gold because Prescott, who founded Xavier's mansion, has a gold mine or helped, found, you know, helped uh, Xavier start up, you know, helping mutants or whatever, didn't found the mansion. But has a gold mine, and then we see like random like blasting uh, gold with his handguns, and we see uh, you know people 
mining for gold. It's super, super weird. And then they just let Cyclops go. Like it is this, here's my evil, like here's my evil plan. And he never, like his voice never rises. He never does a villain voice or anything. And then Cyclops just gets out of there. Yeah, he just After leaves. After we see the evil plot. And, and I guess so the fucking I, weird, man. The, the idea of this is supposed to be that Cyclops can't get help. Because they tell him, like, go ahead, go go try. Like, get, get anybody to help you. Like, they're not going to do it. And so, like, he yeah. goes back to Tanaka. And they also think he's a human at this point. Because at this point, Cyclops has also said a bunch of things where he's like, hey, if you fuck with me, my friends are going to come. Oh, yeah, help. that's and right. They, and they, they do some cold-ass <laughs> shit. They're just like, yeah, we're going to tell him your plane got shot down. Like, that's what happened. You know, like, the, the, it's kind of ballsy and, 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 and rad. You know, their plan, because it just like, yeah, like your plane got shot down. We're just going to show them the flaming wreckage and then the X-Men are going to leave. You know, like it's it's not a it's really you don't have any leverage Mm-mm. in this in this fight you know, with us. Um, He goes back to Tanaka and Tanaka is basically like, yeah, we have to do this stuff. Like, you know, he kind of came in and took the, took this whole thing over with, uh, you know, Prescott only made us mine gold, like just a little bit of gold once a year. And I was like, excuse me, did you just say that the benefactor was forcing you to mine gold to be able to pay for this like town life in Skull Mesa? Is that, is that really what was happening? Where, where did Tyler Prescott get a town? (laughs) Where did he get a a gold gold mine? Yeah. Like you, you have to you make a lot of assumptions in this episode. Like you, you really have to go along with a lot. You know, uh, you accept a lot as given. What if my um, uh, one of the one of my favorite scenes in, in this episode is coming up next, where uh, Scott walks out of Tanaka's office and like goes to find other mutants to help him, and comes across Tusk. Oh my god! Is just like going about his business and like fixing this engine or whatever because Solar has forced him to. Uh, and just like has this weird like skin thing with like horns coming out of the back of it, but kind of also has this deep and cool voice. Like I'm just yeah, like, Tusk's voice engine, is amazing. Um, yeah. I might try to cut some of that in if I remember. But yeah, it's it's it, it's he's extremely good, and he's basically like, yeah, man, I got a wife and kids. Like, <laughs> I got yeah. a, I got, I'm in this town in the middle of the desert. My name is Tusk, and I have a wife and kids. Like, I got, I'm, you know. And just I, I, wait until you see my fucking mutant power. Oh, my like, God. You, you are, you oh are not going to believe it, my friend. <laughs> I, um, I was blown away <laughs> by it, so yeah, I cannot wait to talk is, about it. It is the greatest scene in the history of this cartoon. <laughs> Chekhov's Tusk <laughs> is, like, my favorite. <laughs> favorite thing that has happened but, it, but man I, I love everything about tusk uh he also goes to try to talk to the green lady and she just runs away from him um and then like as he's leaving the green lady's house chet and toad showed up and just kind of like just kind of rib him like oh yeah dude you're getting yeah. some good help huh wow I mean, we'd see you're doing a really good job well be- before that happens after he leaves uh those guys those two guys show up when he's talking to tusk mm-hmm. and uh and when and tusk like you can see tusk has like a little hero moment like he wants to help and uh, Chet just like, yeah, how's your wife doing? Is she oh, good? Yeah. Like, is your family yeah. good? Like, it is weirdly dark. Like, this is this is a a non like the plan that Solar, Chet, and Toad have in this uh, in this cartoon is strangely grounded and good. Like, it's just a protection racket. It's not you know we're gonna reverse the Earth's magnetic poles or any shit like that. It's just yeah you know we we're controlling these people through intimidation and you know good old fashioned being dicks you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 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 kind of here for it. Like I, I think it's actually kind of good. Like you don't see this kind of mobster shit uh, in the X Men very often. Yeah, this is straight up like mob tactics. Like this is straight up intimidation yeah. and like you know leaning on people for favors and kind of promising them like oh no no your life is going to be much easier just do it our way. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, so, then so he Cyclops get... tries to fight them, and and he doesn't he doesn't do very well. Like they turn intangible. Like Co- you know, Toad even kind of dunks on him and jumps on him and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cyclops just goes and like sits on the on a mountain range, like and watches the sunset, yep. and, like looks at his weird crystal, and like is like, no, I'm not going to back down. And like, it's such a weird. It's it's definitely like a western. This is like Chuck Norris going out to like hit a tree a couple of times to figure out his kicks. You know what I'm saying? Before he comes back in town yeah. and kicks everybody's ass. Like this is exactly what that is, and it's really weird to see it in a in an X Men with all of these X Men trappings in it. Uh, he marches back into town and. Just like straight up runs up to like, it's it's even the setting like he's in the middle of the street, but it's like there's, it's like it's an old western town too. Like you can almost see like a horse yeah. being tied up behind these Chet and Toad and Solar, Solar when when uh, Cyclops rolls up. It's just it's just well, what a weird episode this is, and I'm, I like it a lot, but it's just like who wrote this? <laughs> like who wrote yeah, I have, I have no idea. Like when I say how much I like this episode, it's because it's unpredictable and 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 bonkers like Mm -hmm. again i can't imagine anyone feeling something from this episode the last episode courage is actually like i think a a really good kind of meaningful kids cartoon Mm -hmm. this is just like here for me to see weird shit yep and uh and i i care about that um Um, so you know when he goes back um he he Goes up and tries to challenge Solar, but ends up fighting Chet and Toad again. Who you just can't win against Chet and Toad. You can't. They're the um, unstoppable duo, as they're commonly known throughout yeah. town. <laughs> um, they take him to the center of town, where Solar has built a gigantic gold statue of himself. <laughs> you think that's <laughs> like how much of the gold did they mine before he made the gold statue? Like, was that the first thing that he did with all of his gold? <laughs> totally. And then he starts saying, you know, Cyclops starts saying again, like, "Hey, my friends are going to miss me," and and. Solar, again, kind of, you know, hanging dong and being a badass is just like, yeah, you know what? I have a gold mine and gold buys armies. You know, like I'm going to have enough protection here. Like this is like this is my fucking place of power. You know, it again, it is the scale of it is really compelling to me as as an antagonist. Um, So he started doing the speech. He's trying to get the people to uh, kind of like lynch Cyclops, essentially. Um, says like, you know, he's an outworld, you know, he's a human, uh, you know, the humans hate us. Here's this crystal statue. It's actually a transmitter. He's trying to, you know, to, to bring humans here to fuck up our purpose, perfect little like gold mining paradise. And uh, he gives Cyclops a chance to speak. And Cyclops says like, no, you know, actually uh, the, uh, you know, it's just a statue. It's made of crystal. It's made by, uh, you remember, everybody remembers uh, Prescott. You guys liked Prescott, right? Um and then Tusk, like, Tusk's back. In my favorite moment of Days of Future Cast history. Yeah, the, the best thing, the, the peak of our my podcasting career is uh, Tusk's back opening up. <laughs> I like the verb choice here of dispatches. <laughs> dispatches? This is a really good sentence, Jeremy. In the notes, like, like Tusk dispatches tiny Tusk. So Tusk Mutant Power and the, I used to have the action figure of Tusk. Like this is accurate. Mm-hmm. Tusk had a little yeah, the action figure has a little like spot. But Tusk has a smaller version of himself that lives in a hunch in his back. Oh god. Uh, so many questions about this. His, leaps out of his back and starts punching Solar in the face. Uh so that that is what what happens. That is that is the turning point of this is Tusk Deciding his little t- dispatch Tiny Tusk. <laughs> oh, man. Tiny Tusk is so great. Gary, I had to rewind it. I was not expecting Tusk to have a little <laughs> no, Tiny Tusk 
It was so I fucking good. I watched this scene like three times. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> also, um, I, I want to give a shout out real quick um, because I th- there's a, a scene where like as Sol- Solar is talking, it shows the crowd, and uh, I put that in the uh, oh, yeah. duck feed slack. And told everybody to. I, I was going to do like a tag yourself thing, but instead I said, uh, you know, name that mutant. And our boy Brian, uh, Doctor Static. Gary, look at this image. I'll, I'll make sure. Yeah, it's in these, the show these notes. are very good. Yeah, <laughs> I love the uh, Dra- Domino Drape except my except the guy. <laughs> yeah, Drape Ape is very funny for, for that guy. Yeah, Dra- Drape um, Ape and one sleeve. <laughs> yeah, one, one sleeve. The uh, these are these are a bunch of like miscellaneous uh so we have like uh people from the mutant liberation front like that's forearm and reaper mm-hmm. we got sinyaka from the acolytes we got a couple morlocks in there um the lady in the back who uh brian is called hypothermia looks like la lacuna again from 2099 oh, um, weird. so su- super super weird then we have some stock morlocks like lumpy that's slab and mm-hmm. drape ape is the uh you know the, the morlock who turns uh camouflage yeah, we we've often. I think the drape ape is the one that we always see getting beat up uh, when, yeah. whenever whenever the X Men have to fight like a the, the political issue of their time. Like, yeah, uh, that's the one we always see get, getting beat up. But yeah, there's and that's but, just like a small sampling. Like there's there's so many scenes where they just show like a giant crowd in this, and it's just like it's tons of mutants that I just I looked at. And I was like, I have no idea who these people are. Like how the where do you, how did you get all these weird ass designs? <laughs> this is great. Yeah, yeah, really really good cameo game in this. Um, but, but very much, uh, you know, Tusk takes the, the prize with tiny Tusk here. Yes, absolutely. Um, um yeah. And then, uh, Tanaka comes up and then gives Cyclops his powers back. Like, I don't, it's never, was never really fully explained why Cyclops doesn't have his powers, but I guess like, I, I, it doesn't really matter because he just gives them back and then it's time for like a good old fashioned fight. And, uh, the, the green woman, I, cause he, well, Tanaka's like a healer in oh, general, okay. I think is, is the idea uh, there, which is the part he he seems a little bit like the the main uh, the Xavier figure in twenty ninety nine. Like when oh, okay. he uses his power, it kind of like looks the same. So again, you know, weirdness is happening. But then we, you know, then we get this fight, and at one point, um, the crystal thing, uh, Cyclops like throws it up and shoots it, and it refracts his energy beam and knocks out all of the mutants who are going to fight him. <laughs> yeah, it's, do you think that the, did the crystal thing survive? It, it does survive to the end of the show, so, you know, good for yeah. that. I guess that's some pretty stout crystal. Uh, it just refra- refracts the light, which is not what Cyclops' powers are. You know, just throwing that out there. Like, it's concussive force. He would push it away. He wouldn't, you know, refract light through it, but... Well, immediately we'll after this, he, he uses his eye beams to, to put out fires, which is a common thing that we've seen on days, on days of Future Cast, yeah, right? That, like that this is, is not true. the first time we've seen that. So um, he just pushes fire out. That's how that's how that works. Um, uh, this this fight uh, at some point, Toad gets like his own slime on his face, which I think is mm-hmm. is very funny and good. Um, the Green Lady like wraps Solar up in some bushes, and uh, it basically like I think Watchdog is the one that goes and gets Prescott. And there's this moment where, uh, like, Prescott, who has just been woken up from, like, this weird slime-induced coma, and, and Cyclops is How are you, Doctor? Happy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> are you high? Like, what, what kind of response is that? Did you eat a pot brownie before you went into your medically-induced yeah. slime coma? Like, what? what? Uh, Pretty I'm much, happy. Man. Like, happy. And so, uh, Tusk... Says like you know, it's like oh, we had to get rid of the statue. They tear down this this gold statue, and Tusk says something like, "I have a good idea for what to replace it," and holds up the tiny statue, 
And I love the idea of them just putting that tiny statue at that school <laughs> right where in the middle of the be. town. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this little tiny crystal statue? What do you I mean? Like, what a weird episode of this cartoon. This is extremely like, strange. Yeah, this is just bonkers. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I, I love it. I love the the villains. I love their their attitude and and what they're doing. I, I, I love Tiny Tusk, and it just like that's his power. And I knew it was his power. Like going into it, like I knew Tusk, but I was just like, man, he's gonna do it. Like it's gonna happen. <laughs> he's he's gonna deploy a smaller version of himself out of his hunch. Oh man, that's uh, and so then good. It happens and it just. Do you think Tiny Tusk plays with Tusk's kid ever? Like, do you think that's like a common thing? Like, or do you think he t- does have kids, man? Like, can you imagine what Tusk's wife and and kids are like oh god that's dude. extremely weird too tiny, tiny tusk is definitely like tiny is that, tiny tusk <laughs> tiny tusk tiny <laughs> t- tiny tusk tiny tusk is, is how you would what you would call his his wiener yeah. right like this is the only possible name for it <laughs> i'm just i'm just imagining his son and his son having an even smaller version oh god like how, a, how far does that rabbit hole go down? like do you have to feed tiny tusk like what is or i was also thinking maybe tiny tusk was supposed to be uh his son too for a second like in this continuity but like then that's weird too because then like what's what's going on with his wife mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. he keeps his wife in his calf you know and she, she pops up every once in a while i've got an ant in my ankle <laughs> like, yeah just, <laughs> just, <laughs> what's your mutant power i keep my family inside me like, yeah. what? exactly the way it sounds <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no no yeah there's no actually i can't really elaborate on that like <laughs> yeah that's it's pretty much exactly the way it is i uh it's what it is before we uh, start closing out this episode, I, I had forgotten that I screenshotted the uh, birthday scene or the the bath the excuse me the um, uh, swimming pool scene from the Xavier episode. Oh sure, and uh, I I do want you to see. I think it's this one. No, no, it's not. Oh no, I'll have to cut all of this out so it won't it won't be bad. Um, yeah, here we go. Because it is it is full of people uh, that I would not have expected to be there, um, including oh, like yeah. Lalandra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah havoc strong guy and uh quicksilver. check out quicksilver who has like he, he's he's got his like you know his lightning bolt across his chest that he always wears but he's not wearing any clothes underneath it skin <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that tan line like that's so fucking oh my good gosh. <clears throat> yeah, these are really good episodes like i mean no this wasn't good but this is i'm for cameo purposes Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm extremely into this. Look at look at uh, Gambit's dirtbag ponytail. Oh yeah, it's in not the, the foreground it's, there. It's really not great. Um, and that that's Crazy definitely trail. like uh, multiple man in the background. Forge, like you got some people. Who do you think that the blonde guy is on the right? Who's wearing he he's only wearing pants, but they go up to right under his nipples. And is wearing weird like arm guards too. Like yeah, go up to the middle of his arm. To be. Yeah, this is supposed to be Angel, but. Yeah, that, that, that's very that's extremely strange, yeah. but really really good episode for cameos at the very absolutely least. yeah, and really like yeah. overall like the Xavier episode aside, uh, and the Xavier episode had some some pretty funny lines in it, uh, so I'll, I'll give it a pass, especially to be in this block of like one totally bonkers episode and one like kind of actually for real a cartoon with a plot. Finally, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's these were all these were all good, so I am into these three episodes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm mostly into the ones we're, we're going to be covering in a couple weeks too. Um, there's a little bit too much uh, replaying scenes in them, yeah. but like there's yeah. there's some good stuff because um, we're we're going into Age of Apocalypse. Uh, I think what the cartoon does with for an Age of Apocalypse thing in a weird way mm-hmm. um, next time. So I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. Like this is a this is a good season four is good and weird. Um, if you don't watch this show, 
you should, and you have any affection, affection for the X-Men at all, you should watch the Secrets Not Long Buried episode. <laughs> and the very least, watch the inevitable, like, clips or gifs or what have you of Tiny Tusk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, watch, the, watch <laughs> look at the, go look at the Twitter. Like, I'll have um, a lot of gifs for these, because there's just, there's so much stuff that was just so bonkers that I just wanted to see, like, quick yeah. three-second clips of. Um but yeah, definitely go, definitely watch the Twitter for that. That's DOFC podcast that you can go check that on. And um, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, there's a lots of cool rewards and there's lots of cool reasons to sign up. But uh, mostly it's just so that you can support the show and we can make awesome podcasts. Is, um, I actually haven't looked and I'm a bad host. Is Heartbeat City officially a thing? Like, is that rolling out? No, it keeps, uh, keeps popping. It keeps it going. Keeps, we're bobbing around. Going back and forth. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so it, it was... It, listeners you could be the deciding you could be the deciding factor so um like can make that show happen i'm extremely excited for that show so yeah it'll be it'll be really fun i really want to do it um we've been real close i think we are going to get to it at the very least if uh if it doesn't push us over uh just kind of naturally you know as we we kind of slowly uh grow up then uh it probably will when we do this live show because we usually pick up a couple patrons when we when we do live cool uh sometimes like i mean it depends but more people listen. It, it's an advertising kind of thing. So we're doing a, the uh, Watch Our Fireballs will be at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, uh, October 20th, 21st, and uh, 22nd. Hopefully there won't so. be a live band playing directly next to your stage. <laughs> there, there definitely won't. But Portland doesn't play that shit. Um, <laughs> so, so there won't be. Um, yeah, uh, really, uh, really excited about it, um, about that. Thank you, everyone, for patronizing us. You can also mm-hmm. rate and review the show. Yes, please. Um, that's very useful. Um yeah, and I think that's probably about it. That's it. Uh, where are you uh, at yeah. on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Gary Buh, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. And I am at J.G. Greer. Like Gary said, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with uh, Bearded Magneto. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Big, big key man. <laughs>